Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Together, we will unpack fantasy, faith, and life. We're not experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. I'm Bryce coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministries studios here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Harrison Zuckerberg is coming to us from Texas. We will say hello to him in just a moment. Today on the show, we will jump into the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. This week's topic, asking the question, why did I do that? In fantasy and in life, we'll talk about regrets here on the show, and hopefully that will be uh, encouraging to all of us as well. We'll let you know what we're convinced of. We will talk about the waiver wire. We'll let you know, guys, that we're saying, hey, time to move on. It's, it's, we're three through three weeks, time to move on from certain players. And we'll also play Peace or Panic. And uh, we'll see where else the show takes us. But we'll have, we'll have some fun along the way. Be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, those will, will pop up on video in just a moment. But uh, search Fantasy Football Fellowship on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And YouTube. Also, you can watch this on YouTube. And thanks to everybody that listens to this on the podcast later on. Uh, you can find us in Apple Podcasts. Just search Fantasy Football Fellowship. And uh, hopefully you subscribe, rate, and review. And let your, uh, well, maybe maybe you don't want to let your buddies in your own league know about this show. So that you know, we'll give you a little uh, <laughs> edge. Maybe let some, some of your buddies know that are in other fantasy leagues. How about that? Is that fair? Uh, all right, let's uh, let's say hello to Harrison. And, and Harrison, I, I want to begin with uh, some fantasy shenanigans because going into last night, I, I tend to think that in many leagues, you know, there's always fantasy ramifications during the Monday night football game. But when you talk about Dallas and Philadelphia, there were a lot of players involved. Zeke's a top player. Dak's a top quarterback. I had Miles Sanders who let me down. Um, but but here here was the, the big one for me. I went up against a guy, tight matchup. He actually had Dak and Zeke, which I would say is a bad decision. It, just in general, you don't want the quarterback and the running back. I don't like that, that strategy. But I won 116.78 to 115.42. So I pulled it out. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, so excited about that. However, in my other league, the Fantasy Football Fellowship League, I lost 116.12 to 115.54. So imagine how close both of those matchups were at the exact same point, 116 to 115 and 116 to 115. You can't make this stuff up. It's fantasy, baby. It's shenanigans. So uh, so <laughs> thankfully, I won one, lost one in, in tight matchups. Uh, then uh, actually, I had a little down of a week. Lost, lost some tough matchups in some other leagues, uh, but thankful to win uh, that one, That my, my big league on Monday Night Football. And, and here's the deal, too. 
I, I'm in two kind of new random redraft leagues that include kickers. And I am anti-fantasy kickers. Now, the uh, Justin Tucker win, 66-yarder, the fact that he's 16 of 16 in game-winning kicks is unbelievable. So shout out to him. But I don't like kickers in fantasy. And so I'm in these two leagues, and I'm struggling. Now, it's not just because of the kicker, but it's almost like it just throws off my whole fantasy mojo with kickers involved. And, and so uh, those are the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm the, the worst at so far. So Harrison, hello. How are you doing? And, and how were uh, your fantasy shenanigans this past week? I'm doing good, Bryce. I had a pretty solid fantasy week. Um, I won in a few leagues, lost in a couple. More wins than losses, though, which is always a good thing. But I've got some beef with the uh, ESPN final standings projections. So I don't <laughs> so know if you've you seen this. These? I don't know if you've seen this. I don't pay any attention to them at all, but I just always like like to look back about midseason and and kind of see where they thought I was going to be, and then kind of uh, just just diss them because they're terrible. But right. if you go to your if you're in an ESPN league, you don't know what I'm talking about. You go to your league info, and there's a little like graph that says final standings projections, and pretty much ESPN after the draft projects where they think you will finish in your league. Now, I looked the other day in three of my leagues. They had me finishing dead last in the league. They thought I had the worst roster and was going to finish in last place just off of, you know, the draft and week one projections. In one of those leagues, I'm 3-0. In the two other ones, I am 2-1. and And I'm in top five in points scored in both of those ones that I'm 2-1. and So my team's been doing pretty well. So I don't know who makes the projections for these <laughs> final standing things for ESPN. I guess they just have a difference of opinion with me. I mean, uh, not everyone can pick the breakouts that we pick. I guess we just know more than whoever's doing the analytical stuff for ESPN. But <laughs> that's some beef that I have with them because every year – league members will like send me screenshots of them and they'll say oh your team sucks look you're gonna finish in last place this year you better get ready to lose and then come come week five come week six when i'm four and four and one you know five and two people people uh start to eat their words a little bit about the espn rankings that came out after week one no it's the best and so what we do in my my league that we meet for the draft and we've been doing it for 17 18 years my high school buddies we at the end of the draft we, we all give our kind of projection. We all read off our rosters, okay? So we're doing, you know, we're keeping up with our manual rosters during the day because we don't do it on the computer per se. Uh, we do it on a spreadsheet. But anyway, at the end of the draft, we read off, hey, here's who I got. And then we just laugh at certain teams and it never fails. Every year it's, ah, oh, Bryce's team's the worst and, and all that. I, that was the league I won last night to move to 3-0 and to the top of the standing. So, Keep your laughs. You can you can have your laughs. You can have them. Go ahead, league. Laugh it up. Laugh it up. Three and L. So uh, that, there you go, Harrison. Thanks for bringing that up. So I actually uh, embrace embrace the laughter. Embrace the poor projections from ESPN and whatever draft wizard is going to give you a grade at the end of it. Forget about it. Let's let now again. It's only week three, so we, we'll talk about the end of the season. That's where we really celebrate. That's where the laughing begins, but uh, but we want to stay on track, so we will stay on track here with the show and keep things moving. Uh, but but as we take it one week at a time, but we here on the show we also like to take you know big picture. Like I, I don't always I'm not I don't get too bent out of shape about losing a matchup here or there or you know one player that's struggling. I'm not gonna overreact. This is this is I want to win 
season long fantasy football. I don't play Dan daily fantasy football. I'm I'm a season long. A lot of times I, I'm keeper league, dynasty league type stuff too. So I want to win year after year and and that kind of thing. So as we discuss certain players and teams, eh, uh, we're gonna have off weeks. Like you know, one guy that I talked about that I'll confess in a moment during our. Uh, I guess we'll start with accountability. Uh, Tony Pollard. So I still prefer Tony Pollard to Zeke Elliott. And Zeke had a monster game last night. But I still think in the long run, I love Tony Pollard's game. I love the way he plays. I love the way he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think that he's going to just continue to have some monster weeks throughout the season. And based on last year, I still don't trust Zeke. But good for him to get in the end zone last night. And then how crazy was the Dak-Zeke touchdown that got removed because of the review and that one also helped me win. So that was uh, as much of a fantasy shenanigans as, as anything. Um, and then the other thing that I got wrong, uh, at least this week, Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. Now Buffalo's offense is just lights out. You, you just, you want anybody and, and Harrison, you put that in the notes. You just, you want to grab any bills players. And, and so I think the Zach Moss, Devin Singletary up and down, game will be frustrating at times but they're both worth having on your roster and they're they're both flex guys um and so some weeks it'll be great other weeks it'll be frustrating and so I was as far as confession and accountability we like to start with that uh those two guys in particular I was wrong about and then I gave this whole take on the Jets you at least want Corey Davis because someone's got to score someone's got to get some points the Jets are so bad nobody's scoring nobody's doing anything just run for the hills release everyone you don't want any jets players <laughs> get out of here so uh so i was wrong on wrong on that Corey davis it, he might be fine on your bench i guess in, in during the bye weeks but but he's not reliable and that's because the jets are unreliable all right man you start give us some uh some accountability and confession on on where you missed this past week yeah so this is another one where it's i think it's a long-term you know accountability for this week but long-term hear me out was Rondell Moore. We talked him up a lot last week about how he was going to become the true number two in that offense and was going to keep building on his success. And then he just was terrible this week. I think he only had one catch. It was not what you wanted to have in your starting lineup for fantasy. Um, But he's one of those guys where I think, you know, trust that he's going to get it going like throughout the whole season where he's going to finish is going to be higher than a week to week basis, just because he's one of those home run hitters. You know, he's not going to be the guy that gets you eight receptions for 80 yards every single week and is consistent in and out, but he will be the guy where he will break off a couple big plays in a game and he will have that big week where he has 150 yards and a touchdown like he did two weeks ago. And I know that's really frustrating for some fantasy managers knowing when to play him, when not to play him. You don't want to be burned having him in your flex one week and then, you know, putting him on the bench. And then when he's on the bench, that's the week that he has his huge breakout performance. But I think the long run, he will be successful in fantasy this year. I'm also going to defend. Okay, you can go. Yeah, but I was going to defend your Tony Pollard take that when you were saying you prefer Tony Pollard over Zeke, that may, you know, Zeke may score more points than Tony Pollard at the end of the season. But it's the value and how other people view him. I prefer him from a value standpoint as well. Because if you're in your league and you want to get a share of the Cowboys, no one's going to trade you Zeke, but you could probably get Tony Pollard from someone and he'll give you just as much value for what you have to give up instead of having to pay that high price for Zeke. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah, so my fantasy philosophy on guys like Rondale Moore 
you do not want to have many of those players on your roster. The boomer bust guys, they're 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 a shiny toy that looks great some weeks and you get all excited. And to me, those are the kind of guys you want to trade after a big week and get a guy that's going to give you a little bit more consistent production who has a better floor. Now, you can't have a bunch of, you know, lame guys that are <laughs> that don't that don't have the high ceiling uh because you need that some weeks. Like some weeks in order to win, you've got to drop 150 oh, it depends on your fantasy scoring but you got to have those those big weeks and some of those boom boomer bust guys actually help you out to get you over the edge um but but like guys over the years like John Brown even Deshaun Jackson for many years who just had a big you know game for the LA Rams which is crazy that he's in he's with the Rams but those kinds of guys I maybe one per team and only in a flex spot if you're if you're relying on those kinds of players in your you know top two wide receivers or top two running backs, to me in the long run, it's going to be a tough season. You'll you'll be an average team, I think. That that would be my my take on that. Yeah, and I think it all depends on your team makeup. Like if you have Tyree Kill, who's a very similar player to Rondell Moore as your number one receiver, may not be great to start them both. But if you have Devontae Adams, a guy who's going to get yeah. you know really high target numbers and it's going to produce, then I think it's safe to have have Rondell Moore on your flex. Where one week he may not do great, but the week he does go off is a huge week for you. So I, and maybe I'm a little bit more uh, safe when it comes, especially with wide receivers. Like Tyree Kill, I just wouldn't draft him. I would never draft him because I don't want to ride that roller coaster. Even though his 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 uh, loop de loops are awesome, <laughs> right? His his high his high uh, games are are unbelievable. But I, yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not into the. I like the consistency. I want guys who are consistent. So somebody asked me at lunch today, hey, who you know who's on your team that's really carrying you? And I was like, no, that's the thing, nobody. Like I don't want one guy carrying me in fantasy. I want a solid lineup week in week out. And and so now I will say Cooper Cup has been awesome for me and he's playing out of his mind. But let's let's get into I'm convinced. All right. So here's here's what I'm convinced of. Matthew Stafford and the Rams, they're only going to get better. This is not going to slow down. I am absolutely convinced of it. Now they may not win every week, but as far as fantasy production from the passing game, so Stafford, Higby, Cup. Don't give up on Robert Woods. Like these guys, even De, you know Deshaun Jackson for your boomer bust guy, but Stafford especially, I, I'm convinced he's going to be a top five quarterback the rest of the way because he's only going to get more and more comfortable in this offense. The chemistry is only going to get better. Now I know they've got some tough matchups, you know, with Seattle and San Francisco and Arizona, and, and what a tough division. But really, that's going to pull the best out of them. Like that, that those are going to be great especially with Arizona. Don't think about the scoring in that game. How great is that going to be? Um, well, all the fantasy ramifications for Arizona, LA this year. Woo, it's going to be fun. Um, so I am all in. I've, I've been all in on Stafford and will continue to be. And Cup, I, he may not score two touchdowns every week, but he is going to be reliable. And then I do think Woods will get, get more and more involved. But Cup is going to be the number one receiver. Robert Woods is not going to be the number one receiver. Stafford has already shown who he prefers, and that's how that's what, that's what happens with quarterbacks and wide receivers. So if Goff preferred Robert Woods, Stafford prefers Cup, and it's only been three weeks, but I'm convinced it will continue. What are you convinced of this week? 
So a similar thing about how we were just talking about guys who, you know, want to, you want to support your team, but not necessarily be riding on for success. And what I'm convinced of is that Kirk Cousins is that perfect supporting quarterback for the rest of your roster and that he will finish as a top 10 QB this season. Now we know Minnesota definitely has the weapons there with Thielen, Jefferson, Cook when he's healthy. And I think the fact that Minnesota is a mediocre team overall actually helps Kirk Cousins a lot because they will have a lot of game scripts where they are throwing the ball either to hold on to the like small lead that they have or to get back into the game. We've seen this already. They're top five in the NFL and plays run top 10 in pass attempts. And with that volume, the offense has actually been pretty good. They're also top 10 in expected points. So this is a overall top 10 fantasy offense and usually good quarterbacks who are playing in good offenses put up fantasy points and people love to hate on Kirk Cousins for not getting the job done and being a mediocre quarterback which he hasn't is. which he is but this season this season he has actually been a great NFL quarterback he is second in the NFL right now in completion percentage and second in the NFL in QBR and true passer rating which so efficient like he has been a top five quarterback in the league so far this year whether people wanted to admit it or not I know he's not flashy he's not Pat Mahomes he's not Matthew Stafford with the huge arm but he gets it done and he puts up points for fantasy and he's so undervalued that I think you know you can have him in your life and he'll get you 25 fantasy points every week and you'll be good to go with the rest of your roster uh, so I agree from a fantasy perspective, he, he's awesome. And, and he has the potential to be a league winner, meaning you drafted Cousins, you picked him up off waivers, you got him really late in, in, in drafts. So you probably weren't even necessarily expecting him to be your starting quarterback. He might be your backup quarterback. So you either flip him and trade him or probably ride him out and trade the other guy, you know, trade someone if you drafted uh, Lamar Jackson. I don't know, somebody that, that gets a little bit more value back. And I think Cousins, I'm with you. The supporting cast is there. And even though I don't trust Cousins to win a ton of games, I do think he can win in fantasy. And and so, yeah, when you're throwing to Thielen and Jefferson, you're loving life. So, uh, and even whether it's Madison or Cook, it doesn't matter. So, uh, pretty good. All right. Um, I'm going to run through these pretty quickly because I want to get to some other stuff. But I'm also convinced Austin Eckler will finish as a top three running back. And we knew that he's good. But the fact that the Chargers are so good, and here's the key for him. They're not so reliant on Eckler that, like, Derrick Henry, to me, it just makes me nervous. Like, how many carries can he handle? The Panthers with CMC. Dalvin Cook, with sometimes with Minnesota, almost too many carries. Like, these guys wear down. Whereas Eckler, even though he was injured last year and he had the little hamstring early, to me, they're not going to ride him into the ground because Herbert is unbelievable your boy Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen playing well. The team is really good, but Eckler's still going to get his. So if that makes sense, it's like they, he'll get his without having to get as many touches, which I like. And, and so that to me is the, the longevity of him throughout the season has me excited. Um, and even with that, like he's not in like a timeshare, like a weird running back committee. Um so I just I, I so I'm just convinced he's going to finish top three, um, and then my other one I'm also convinced that hamstring injuries are the worst injury. I would rather my now this this from a personal standpoint I don't want anybody to break their leg or bust their knee or or whatever, but I would rather from a fantasy perspective a guy just be out and done and then I just have to move on. But when a guy has a hamstring like AJ Brown, well, I can't release him. 
it's so hard to bench them. Like, even if you do, it's like at the last minute you're benching them and you're hoping that, uh, you know, you, you get the news in time and you're able to change your lineup at the last minute. But these questionable guys, it just wears me out. So I, I, I despise hamstring injuries. All right. Give me one or two quick ones, uh, what you're convinced of, Harrison. Well, you already brought up Mike Williams. I mean, everyone on the show by now should know how much I love Mike Williams. I think he's a legit top 10 fantasy wide receiver for the rest of the season, not just from this early breakout. I mean, he has the talent. He was a top 10 NFL draft pick. You know, the Chargers are going to throw the ball a lot. They're top five so far in pass attempts. attempts, And they look to him in the red zone. I don't think the touchdowns are going to slow down. Herbert loves to, you know, throw jump balls to him in the corner of the end zone. And I think this feels similar to me as Chris Godwin in 2019 when he had his big breakout. If you remember, Chris Godwin was unstoppable, kind of like Mike uh, Williams has been for the first few weeks of the season, but no one was convinced it was going to last. Everyone thought that, you know, Mike Evans was going to eventually, you know, take over and Chris Godwin was going to fade away again. But he still stayed a top five receiver for the rest of the year, even though everyone tried to trade him after those first few breakout weeks. I think that Mike Williams will be similar to Chris Godwin because he has that sort of talent. And there will be two top receivers in L.A. in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think that you should stick with him for the whole season and not sort of just ride this as an early breakout, but a legitimate star potential with Mike Williams. And then my last I'm convinced is that I think NFL coaches, I know they say they don't pay attention to it. I think they pay attention to fantasy football and they (laughs) love to play mind games with fantasy football owners. I think they think it's funny when they can scheme up ways for their backups or just random players to get touchdowns. I mean, you look at the Titans. The touchdowns this week came from Chester Rogers, Jeremy McNichols, and Nick Westbrook-Akini. No Julio or Derrick Henry. You look at fullbacks getting love this week. Kyle Juszczyk and Alex Ingold. The only touchdown for the Steelers was by backup tight end Pat Firemuth. And be- the, yeah, you look at um, the Falcons too. Lee Smith and Alamde uh, Zacchaeus. No Ridley or Kyle Pitts. I think they specifically, when they're in this, like, see, like, it's almost like sticking it to fantasy owners. Like you don't know everything. I'm going to show you that I have some tricks up my sleeve and that you should be paying attention to guys that you normally would write off. I think it's a way of boosting the confidence of these other players on their teams as well. Because we all know players get psyched out by their Madden ratings and they all get like (laughs) mad about stuff like that. I mean, I would get pretty mad too if I was a receiver on the team and I saw that no one had me in a fantasy league. I'm convinced that some guys go up to their coaches like, hey coach, you want like when we're on the two yard line, can you give it to me this week maybe instead of Derrick Henry just so uh, I can I can stick it to some guys who didn't draft me in fantasy and I think they love proving it to amateurs like us who think we know what we're talking about yeah I think, yeah, yeah I can unpack that a lot a lot more that's a funny take I, I like it um they're probably so far removed from fantasy that we're we're delusional to think that they that they care that they have any idea but uh, I like to believe that they do I do but another reason why I love Austin Eckler, he actually plays fantasy and he embraces fantasy. So I love the guys that actually do. Um, but there's probably some guy, I, I can imagine some guys coming up. Hey, throw me a bone here. Let me, let me get in and mess up the fantasy owners. And I love the term vulture. Such a great fantasy term that I don't know when it got established, but that was a great term that the, the lexicon of fantasy football uh, conversation is a good one. So the, the famous, famous vultures. And so we will get to our one hit wonder in just a little bit. So uh, one, actually, you named one of my guys, not Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. 
But uh, I sing that to Maddie every once in a while. All right, my two-year-old daughter. Uh, yeah, so Atlanta, they got all sorts of random people. They're, they're just trying to field a team every week. So they're, they finally got a win, though, so good, good for the Falcons. All right, let's get serious for a moment, and then we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get back to uh, some insight and, and some, uh, some other players to keep an eye out for. Uh, but let, let's dive into the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. And, and so we are heading into week number four. And this week's topic, uh, hopefully you're discussing this with your fantasy league. And, and it's a great opportunity to talk life and faith and dive into the, the Bible uh, with each other. And, and so we designed this for fantasy leagues to do that. But here's the intro quote for week four from former San Francisco 49ers head coach Bill Walsh. He says, failure is part of success, an integral part. Everybody gets knocked down knowing it will happen and what you must do when it does is the first step back. And so the theme this week is why did I do that? And how many times have you asked yourself that when you think about your draft your weekly lineup decisions, your waiver wire decisions, your trades throughout the fantasy season, we, we say, oh, why did I do that? And for me, why did I spend so much money on Eli Mitchell? And I know Harrison did as well. Uh, why did I spend so much money on uh, Juwan Johnson on the, on the waiver wire? Uh, he's let me down so far. He scores two touchdowns week one, basically zilch uh, ever since. And, and then, the other thing for me is David Montgomery. He's he's let me down. I I got him in a couple leagues. I went a little too all in on him, and I, so I'm asking myself, why did I why did I do that? Why did I go against even what kind of the fantasy community was saying? A lot of experts were saying. I was like, nah, I don't I don't believe you. I'm going to go the other way. So the, these are fantasy regrets, and I've already made plenty of lineup. You know changes at the last minute I put you know, a wide receiver in the flex spot and I should have just left the lineup the way that it was and just kind of whiffed here or there and it's like ah why did I do that and so we know this is very common in fantasy and so we we can either let it derail us and bother us and you know like we talked about last week cause us to panic or we can allow these mistakes to to be lessons learned and you know just moments on our journey of success in the fantasy season and you know we'll cut bait from certain players when we need to and just keep you know persevering uh and moving on from the mistakes and and so in our own lives the same question pops up why did I do that and we look back at certain decisions that we've made and you know choices that that popped up and and we made the wrong choice and and oftentimes we go against what God asks us to do or calls us to do or commands us to do in his word. And we later regret, you know, going against him and, and, and no, we knew what the right thing was to do and we did it anyway, or, or we had, you know, in our spirit, some concerns and some conviction and uh, nope, I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to go the other direction. And, and so that happens in fantasy and, and in life. Uh, but, but the encouragement for us today, when, when it comes to regrets Rather than focusing on them, we can find comfort in God's grace when we fall to our knees and we shift our attention to the cross of Christ. And thankfully, Jesus offers us forgiveness. He offers us grace. And he recognizes and knows that we're going to fall, but he wants us to return to him and, and, and for us to admit and confess and, and acknowledge that we're in need of a Savior and we're in need of, of his 
his cleansing. And, and so uh, if you look at 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the, the key is you know, admitting it, acknowledging it, and, and coming before the Lord in agreement to say, yeah, I, I, I blew it. I made a mistake. And, and you know, I, I regret doing it, but we don't stay in that regret. We don't allow the regret to, to fester. Because if Jesus is, is willing to forgive us and cleanse us and offer us his grace, then, then we move forward. Now, you know, another conversation is we don't continue to go back and make those same mistakes. No, we learn from them. Um, and, and so we, it doesn't give us an excuse to go on and, and make mistakes. The reality is we know when we go, when we go against God's will and, and his desires for us, it's not, it's not what's best. And so that's why we regret it. We're like, oh man, I blew it because I, I, I did what wasn't best. And so, uh, you know, again, relating it to fantasy, we don't go back and make those same mistakes. We want to move forward, learn from it and, and be able to, to make wiser choices the next time around. And so. Again, the encouragement for us today, let's rest in God's love, his grace, his mercy, and, and we can move forward in repentance and, and, and adjust our decision-making in the future. And, and so if we desire to avoid regret and truly please God, then we have to cling to him, seek him, and turn to him for wisdom and strength to choose rightly. And, and so when we do screw up, it's a reminder that we're limited that, that we're weak, we're flawed, we're broken, we're, we're a mess. And, and so that should actually point us to Jesus, point us to the cross and, 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 and send us to our knees in humility and, and, and repentance and say, Lord, I blew it. I need you. Please forgive me and please give me the grace and the strength to move forward and, and to learn from these. And, and so let, let's leave the regrets behind. Let's you know hit them head on, deal with them, work through them. With, with God's grace, uh, but then let's not uh, let's not allow them to fester and and you know hold us back and and drag us down. So that's the freedom that we can experience uh, through Jesus. So I hope that's encouraging uh, to everyone today here on the podcast. And and would love to know your thoughts or if you have any questions or concerns and, and kind of you're, you're dealing with your own regrets and are, are trying to process that and you want to reach out. Uh, would love to 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 pray for you or uh, give you any encouragement or wisdom. Uh, so you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Speaking of email, we also want to, to hear your fantasy questions, your lineup concerns. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're actually going to start doing the show live. Uh, so that'll give you another opportunity to ask in real time any lineup questions or you know questions about the waiver wire or do I drop this guy? We want to hear from you. So you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com, Bryce, at unpackingit. Dot com and and Harrison let's uh let, let's jump into um peace or panic and and I want to run through a couple names and and we'll decide if we're still at peace about this player we'll hold on to this player we'll keep this player or is it true on panic mode and and it's time to 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 <laughs> let go or tar- it's time to panic and some of these guys may even be top players that the panic is there yet we still got to keep them. So, uh, so Harrison, let's, uh, let's run through it. And we'll start with my team, the Carolina Panthers, Robbie Anderson, maybe not lighten it up. DJ Moore's really been the guy, uh, which actually is great for me because I've got him in two leagues, but 
Uh, where do you come out on, on Robbie Anderson? Peace or panic? So I was a big supporter of Robbie Anderson going into the season, and I'm going to be panicking on him as a starter. I don't think he's worth starting on your team anymore, but I'm not panicking to the point where I would just cut him from your lineup. I think keep him on your bench. And the reason for that is I don't think there's enough volume in the passing game week in and week out for him because the Panthers are a good team. Last year when they weren't that great, they were throwing a lot to try to get back into games, and that's when you saw Robbie Anderson have big games. But now that they're they're a good team, they're playing a good defensive game, they're running the ball well, they don't need to throw the ball at much, and they're really honing in on guys like DJ Moore to carry them instead of spreading it around. So I would keep them on your team for those weeks where it might be a more competitive game or that they have to be playing from behind, but I would not start him week in and week out like we expected going into the season. All right, the next guy. Um, as far as my, I, I would say, I would probably be a little bit more, eh, probably, I, I'd agree with you. I, I've got peace. I, I don't want to start him every week, but yeah, I'd keep him on your, on your team. I, I think with Christian McCaffrey out, there will be more opportunities for passing. So, may not be able to blow everybody out. CMC is a, a big loss. So, the, the, the offense might look a little bit differently, and, and Anderson could be a, a beneficiary of that. Um, we'll talk about Chuba Hubbard in, in a little while. All right, the next guy, peace or panic, Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. Coming off a game, 35 yards, two of three targets, and that was in a win. Now, we see the talent. It's evident. He's a, a great athlete. He was a number four pick in, in the NFL draft. But I don't know why fantasy owners bought into him and drafted him so early. I hate to say it, like I hate to tell you, but you were wrong. <laughs> like, why did you do that? That's one of those fantasy regrets. It's just dangerous to take rookie tight ends. It, it really is. Like, it, year after year, we we learn this lesson the, the hard way, unfortunately. Um, so I would say there, there is panic now. Maybe by the end of the season, he finally emerges. But I would, I it's uh, there's panic. So you, I, my this would be my advice: go trade for a tight end. You, you got to trade for a tight end. I would not hold on to pits. I think I think that ends up being a black hole on your lineup uh, for a long time. So, all right, let me uh, let me go to the next guy, uh, Robert Woods. Peace or panic? I mentioned earlier I've got peace about him, but but where do you come out? I have peace about Robert Woods. Uh, I agree with you. I think that he's going to be just fine for fantasy. He may not have that you know top ten, top fifteen upside like some people were thinking he would have going into this season because we've really seen Stafford latch on the Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup is the guy in LA. But I still think there's enough volume in that offense, and there will be some weeks where he puts up big numbers. He's more of a flex play for me at this Ooh, point. But I, I, so I'm not panicking. I'm still at peace. I think he'll figure it out and he'll get more involved. The season goes on. I just don't have as high hopes for him overall as I think some other people did go into the season. All right. Next guy is Jonathan Taylor. Oh boy. This is a tough one for me because I went heavy. I've got him in at least, I think two leagues. I was in on the Colts. I, I love the potential of Jonathan Taylor. I, I want to chalk it up to the first three weeks, pretty tough matchups for the Colts, that they will get some nice – I mean, you get to play Jacksonville twice. You get to play Houston twice. So things should open up a little bit better for Indy. But, but I, I, my panic comes from the lack of involvement. Oh, he's not getting the carries. He's not, he's not getting the opportunities. And, and that's where the concern comes in. And then Naeem Hines played well. He's a boomer bust guy. Nice guy to have on your roster. He's a good flex player. Uh, he'll, you know, he helps you out some weeks here and there. And then there'll be weeks where Naeem Hines disappears. But as far as 
Jonathan Taylor being a top 12 running back, which is for the most part how he was drafted, a lot of panic there. Um, I don't think there's any value to trade him, so you're kind of stuck with him. And my guess is it's hard to find another guy. So you're still starting him, and you're just kind of hoping that things turn around. You know, thankfully he's healthy, so it's better than having an injured guy like CMC who's out. But uh, it's it's definitely definitely concerning. All right, let me put one on you, uh, Kenny Galladay. Peace or panic? I I was never in on Kenny Galladay from the beginning of the season just because I wanted to have nothing to do with this Giants offense. I wasn't a believer in Saquon, wasn't a believer in Daniel Jones. Uh, I I never like considered drafting Kenny Galladay in any of my leagues. So I'm not really panicking because I don't have anything invested in him already. But he is fully what I expected him to be this season, and that is just a mediocre receiver on a bad NFL team. So if you have Kenny Galladay on any of your teams. I would be panicking and I would try to find a replacement for him. Um, I don't think that he's going to turn things around and just have a breakout second half of the season anytime soon with the way the Giants are playing. The Giants may be able to, like, it would be a close game if the Giants played Alabama or Georgia right now or a college team. They are a bad football team. I agree. I agree. All right, let, let's move on to uh, our move on segment. And, and so these are guys that basically on the on the chopping block on on teams you're wondering all right do I keep them on my roster or is it truly time to release them and and so similar to peace or panic but but this, this is more along the the bottom of your roster kind of kind of waiver wire type guys and for me the the biggest guy on my chopping block unfortunately I drafted him way too early this is actually one of my greatest fantasy regrets of the season Latavius Murray now, I thought he'd be in New Orleans. I thought he'd be the backup to Kamara. And, and so, you know, that's why I drafted him. But in, in Baltimore, uh, it's just not – He's. I thought he would pop. I thought by now, like after a couple games, he would pop and give you give you kind of a nice nice performance, and it just hasn't happened. And I'm not sure that it will. I, I just I, – I don't feel great about it. Maybe it's not the right fit there. And New Orleans was willing to move on from him for a reason. Part of it was money. Part of it is just like, yeah, not as good, not as good anymore. And this happens to running backs. Once they lose it, they lose it. Le'Veon Bell's sitting there on the bench. He's not, they're not even putting him in. And we know what he was, what, three years ago. Um, so yeah, he's probably the guy I'm ready to move on. All right. What about for for you? Who who are some guys? Similar things. Uh, these are all guys who I know a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people invested in. I know you were a big AJ Dillon fan going into this Still season. In. Still him. Still is. Okay. Personally, I would let him go because it's a similar thing where I don't see the involvement in the offense. I think people had doubts for some reason um, in about Jones. in Aaron Jones, but I don't see that. I see Aaron Jones as being a top 10 running back clearing away for the rest of the season. I don't Looks think good. that A.J. Dillon will have enough touches in the offense for where people are drafting or drafted him. So I think he's someone that you could cut. Another guy is Ronald Jones, who, you know, that whole backfield is just really murky. And I know some people thought Ronald Jones would, you know, Giovanni Bernard we knew was going to get the third down work in the passing works. And we thought Ronald Jones would then maybe get some of the early down opportunities and goal line work. But that's all going to Leonard Fournette. And Ronald Jones has had a few issues with fumbles this season. I don't see him playing a huge role in this offense going forward. I think Brady just trusts the other guys more. And then my last running back that a got a lot of guys took mid-round that, you know, had some hype because he was a rookie and we didn't know what was going to go on with the Jets, and that's Michael Carter. And I don't see again, I know he's projected to be the starter there and get more work as the season goes on, but I just don't think the Jets are going to be good enough at any point during the season 
for him to have real fantasy value. And I would drop him to maybe pick up a wide receiver or someone else who might be able to break out in a better overall offense. The thing to watch with Carter is will he get involved more so in the passing game where like he starts getting five, six, seven receptions, then there could be some value. Um, So as the season goes on, I think that could happen more and more as they go really all in on their young guys and stop, you know, flirting with some of the veterans that they still have on their team. Some of the, the carryover guys. Um, so I have Michael Carter. I, I I'm not sure well, my, that team's not very good. So that's one of my worst teams, but so I may, I may need to move on from him, but, uh, I still, I still think there's some potential there, even though I said earlier, get rid of all the jets. Um, I'm not relying on Carter. Like it's more of a flyer rookie running backs. They're just kind of interesting. I like having, you know, a couple on my team, but, um, and then AJ Dillon, I just think he's so good and the Packers offense is unbelievable. So to me, he should not be on the waiver wire. Uh, I think Dylan's too good to be on the waiver wire, but he's not, he's definitely not starting in on your lineup, your fantasy lineup. All right, let's jump to uh, the one hit wonder of the week. We'll give you one player that was just a one hit wonder. Nice game, got into the end zone, but he ain't doing it again. And then how about that one hit wonder, that song that you love Harrison. It may be a one hit wonder, but you still rock to it. You still love it. Um, I will begin Alec Ingold. That's right. Nice fullback for the Las Las Vegas Raiders. One reception, one yard, one touchdown. And get this, third season in the NFL, previous two years, one touchdown each season. So this is his one touchdown for the year. So uh, he got it out of the way early. Uh, So good for Ingold. And then this is one of the greatest songs of all time. Tag team. Whoop, there it is. And I have to say, the scoop, there it is, Geico commercial, it still is hanging on. This is a year later, still in heavy rotation, and I'm all for it. Every time it comes on, I still love it. I don't watch a ton of commercials. That's one of my favorite commercials. That's one of my favorite commercials when the parents start getting in on the dance too and like the teenage child like just sort of like gives them the side eye like, what are you doing? But it's an awesome song. I love that song. Great commercial, great song. Um, So for my one, yeah. Did you ever growing up watch the Mighty Ducks? I did, of course, of course, of course. That that made it to the next generation because you're younger than me. So made it to the next generation. And I, so that song, Whoop, There It Is, was in D2, a cool scene, fun scene. They're playing outside, street street hockey. And I love that song partly because of that movie as a kid. So there you go. There's my one-hit wonder of the week. All right. So for my one-hit wonders of the week, I have Jordy Forston, wide receiver, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Caught a touchdown this week, and this was only his third reception of his NFL career. Happened to go for a touchdown. I don't think that's going to last. This was actually one of those fluke games this week where Hill and Kelsey, neither of them caught a touchdown. That probably won't happen again next week. I don't think Forreston's going to be a staple in this offense, especially with uh, Josh Gordon coming to the Chiefs. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, and then my song for the week is Rude by Magic. That Ooh, came like out it. yeah, a few years ago was the song of the summer. Another one from last week where I talked about uh, Call Me Maybe. Huge on like social media, the internet. You had like dads and people doing parodies of it all over the place. And I haven't heard of from the band Magic since then. Rude was their one song. They they hit it big, but uh, you know, it'll, it'll find a way onto some of my like summer playlists, pool party playlists. But uh, other than that, no no love for magic. 
I I like that song. That's a good one. Um, so the, that was the summer of t- okay, yeah. I, I kind of remember it around the time I was married. So I got married in 2013. Um, yeah, I like I like that song. It has a hint of some reggae, uh, which I'm a reggae fan. So it's got a little bit of that, little little influences. So uh, good good song on that one. I like that. Um, I went to Jamaica for my honeymoon and fell in fell in love with reggae music. So. It's good summer summer sound in the background. Uh, all right. So anyway, let's uh, let's jump into invest or pass. Uh, this is our segment about the waiver wire and and guys uh, that are most likely available in many leagues. Uh, and you got to decide: do you go for it? Do you pick them up? Do you pass? Uh, let's let's run through a few. Uh, so you put on here Chuba Hubbard, and I wrote next to it: duh, this is a no brainer. You got to get Chuba Hubbard. And really, he should have already been on teams. The fact that he was available, the clear handcuff for CMC coming off an injured season. So he's good. He was awesome coming out of college. I love that the Panthers drafted him as a fan of the Panthers. I think he's going to be great. I would also say that Royce Freeman is, is worth keeping an eye out for. And if you're in a deeper league, I always thought Royce Freeman had some talent in Denver, and they gave up on him too quickly. I was confused, but he's one of those guys that I just was confused by that it never really panned out, but he's still hanging around. And so he's the guy, if, you, if, you, if that might be news to some people, but he's the other backup running back in Carolina worth keeping an eye out for. Um, I would definitely invest in Chuba, keep an eye out on, on Royce Freeman. Um, and then one other guy that I would say uh, invest in, Marlon Mack. That's right. He might get traded. And... He's he had talent a couple of years ago in Indy, you know, injury last year out for the year. Uh, but if he ends up in the right location and he might not get traded for another week or two weeks, three weeks, but he's somebody worth investing in because let's say he goes to Baltimore. Maybe he's the answer in Baltimore. Cause I'm not sure that they've got their answer yet. Um, even LA, I mean, Sony Michelle did all right. Henderson's coming back, but you know, teams like that, that are kind of looking to figure out their running back situation uh, and based on how the health of guys. So anyway, those are two, two guys uh, that I would invest in. Give me, give me two guys that you would invest in this week. So someone who I would invest in is anyone on the Buffalo Bills. Sanders is Emmanuel Sanders available in a lot of leagues. Still, I would go grab him. Zach Moss is still available in some week in leagues, which I know you were a big fan of Devin Singletary, but I think he both Singletary has value there and Zach Moss, but I think Moss will take over as, as the starting running back for that team. Uh, Gabriel Davis is another wide receiver. Cole Beasley, any receiver who's getting looks in this offense is valuable to have on your roster. And my new sleeper tight end for this season who I like is Dawson Knox. I think he can step into a role in that offense. He's caught touchdowns in back-to-back weeks now. He's getting looks in the red zone. I think he can be valuable in some deeper leagues for fantasy. Um, And then another guy who I'm looking at is Rashad Bateman. He's someone who in the last round of a lot of my fantasy leagues, I picked up even though he was going to be on the IR and just kept him in my IR spot for the first couple of weeks. Now, he is going to start practicing with the team this week, supposedly. He may not come Ravens, back this Ravens week receiver. Uh, with the Ravens. Yeah, Rashad Bateman, he's a rookie wide receiver for the Ravens. Um, and he was a really talented player in college. I liked him a lot at Minnesota. And I think that if he comes back 
We saw the struggles that Hollywood Brown has had with this team. And he has that big play ability, but hasn't been that consistent receiver. And I don't know how much Lamar really trusts him, especially after the two touchdown drops this week. You know, Sammy Watkins is another guy who hasn't really been that consistent presence in an offense yet in his career. I think Rashad Bateman, if he comes back, maybe not this week, but next week, I think he could be that solid guy in the Ravens offense, especially now that they're throwing the ball more. And he could be a guy who gets five to six receptions a game, you know, a touchdown here and there, and is a really solid contributor to have in your fantasy lineup, or at least on your bench. All right, so I got one more guy, and this is going to be a little conflicting, all right? So in general, rookie tight ends are... They're, they're not very productive, okay? Even the great tight ends weren't awesome their, their rookie season. Um, and so I, I, I wouldn't advise, you know, drafting them early, investing in them early. However, if you are desperate at the tight end position, which many fantasy owners are, because there's, there's seven good tight ends, and after that, it is you're throwing darts. And it really is only four great ones and then three decent ones. Logan Thomas, you know, good one. Um, but then after that, it's you're hoping. I got Robert Tunyon in a league, and he's killing me. So he had one good game out of three. So you're you're looking at the waiver wire, and you're like, just give me anybody. You're, you're just trying that somebody might catch on. So with that said, the Carolina Panthers traded away Dan Arnold to Jacksonville. I would say that Dan Arnold now becomes someone to consider. I still think he's a talented tight end. Jacksonville is a mess, and a tight end is a, a, a friendly target for a rookie quarterback and there hasn't been one for Trevor Lawrence uh nobody's really taken off there obviously that's why they traded for a tight end so so Dan Arnold's worth considering the other domino effect is Tommy Tremble the tight end out of Notre Dame rookie for the Carolina Panthers so they got rid of Dan Arnold because they trust Tommy Tremble and I'm not sure how how much the Panthers want to use the tight end position in the passing attack because they've got three great receiver weapons. And of course, when CMC is healthy, he's a big part of that passing offense. Um, and, and Hubbard probably will be to a certain extent. However, I think Tommy Tremble is worth investing in as a speculative ad. He got into the end zone by running the ball last week. Really, really athletic, really talented. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in on him. I, I'm going I'm I'm, to try to say I'm completely here for that take because Tommy Tremble was, in my opinion, my f- like favorite college football player to watch last year. Oh, cool. Not, not any of the quarterbacks, running backs, or receivers, but Tommy Tremble for Notre Dame because he is so good at the little things. I know we talk, you're a big NBA fan, where we talk about Ben Simmons being great at the little things like defense, passing, rebounding. Tommy Tremble is is like the Ben Simmons or could be for the Carolina offense where he is an incredible blocker and he just does so many things in the offense where he's not going to put up those big flashy numbers, but he's always going to be involved. And every few weeks or so, he will catch a touchdown. I think that's one of those things where we're talking about, you know, coaches wanting to reward guys who don't really get a lot of fantasy love. I think, you know, (laughs) I think the coaches of Carolina love Tommy Tremble, obviously because they traded away Dan Arnold. They believe in him. I think there'll be some situations this year where they will want to acknowledge the little things that he does in their offense, and they will gift him a few touchdowns around the red zone, even if you know he's not getting open by himself. I think there will be ways that they incorporate him into the game script to reward him for doing all of the dirty work. You know, there was one play at Notre Dame last year 
where um, he just went and just leveled a linebacker into the ground on a block that, you know, opened up a huge hole for a 40-yard run. And everyone loves to talk about, oh, that was all the running back. But that was Tommy Tremble doing the little things in the trenches, getting his hands dirty as a blocking tight end in there. So he is one of my favorite players in the league just because of his mentality and willing to do the dirty work and and work at the line of scrimmage despite being a, a tight end, a receiver, and a smaller guy overall for the tight end position. So I love it. I really want to see him succeed, and I would love to pick him up on one of my rosters. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So that, so there you go. That's who to invest in. And I think it's all in agreement. Everyone right now, we are going to pass on Josh Gordon. Please. This happens every single year. The fantasy community gets all excited. Hey, did you hear Josh Gordon's coming back? Josh Gordon's coming back. I got to rush to the waiver wire to pick up Josh Gordon. And then he has one big game and then he's suspended or, you know, we were wondering what's going to happen. It's not worth the investment. It's not worth the headache. It's cool he's in Kansas City. And listen, from a personal standpoint, yeah, we're all we're all rooting for him to turn it around finally. I mean, have you ever heard of a guy get that gets more chances than this guy? And and that speaks to his athleticism and talent. So it's clearly there. And I hope he's great. I just don't I just don't want him on my fantasy roster. So, I'm rooting for him. Hope hope it works out in Kansas City. I, I'm not going to spend any time uh looking into picking him up. So, I think you're in agreement, aren't you? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, even if he comes in and plays, Kansas City, even if he's amazing, Kansas City's never really produced that second wide receiver. Every year we hoped for it. We hoped it was going to be Sammy Watkins. We hoped it was going to be McCole Hardman the last few years, and it just doesn't happen. That's just not how the offense – Pringle, it's just not how the offense is built. I don't have huge huge fantasy hopes for him. Um, But again, personally, I would love to see him succeed – He's someone where, you know, you pray for him and you hope that this is the chance where, you know, he doesn't blow it. He's able to actually get right and stick in the league and and find a home um, somewhere. But I don't think he's worth the addition on your fantasy roster. Yeah, I was surprised. I think he's only like 28 or 9 or uh, I was like, it feels like he's been around forever. Um, So he must have come in the league young. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, there's investor pass, uh, mainly guys to invest in this week. Um, so hopefully you can snag uh, one or two of those guys. But Harrison, great work out of you. Appreciate you uh, and all your insight. And I, I got to thank you. You uh, you told me to draft Brandon Cooks, and I did. And Brandon Cooks has been awesome for fantasy. Sur- surprisingly so. He's, he's exceeded expectations. So I, he's now my wide receiver too. Him and Cooper Cup. I'm loving life. Loving life with those two. Uh, they were teammates at one point. Um, so thank you for that. So I got to give a shout out for that. But uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Tuesdays, we uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays are when the show releases uh, as a podcast. And, and we record on, on Tuesdays. We will begin doing this live uh, in the coming weeks. So keep an eye out uh, for that. But have a wonderful week. Enjoy the games. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.